T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach Don Granado. The Don Granado Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. And by Town Auto Group. Check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. Now with head coach Don Granado, here's Howard Simon and Jeremy White. Jeremy's off. He is back on Thursday. Joe DiBiase is here for him. I'm still me. And we are going right to the Western Hotline where Mr. Granado is standing by. Coach, good morning. It's Howard and Joe. Happy Tuesday. Hey, good morning. And it's. I think I should start first, Howard, by congratulating you on, what is it, 18 years? Yeah. Yeah, 18 years wonderful years. Me, but uh, I've enjoyed the last few, so thank you for that. And uh, I wish you well in retirement. It's funny. Come I was I was going to actually thank you to, and not make this a question. You don't have to answer this, uh, <laughs> Don, but thank you because, man, thank you for making this hockey season, A, incredibly entertaining, <laughs> and B, incredibly meaningful. We used to joke too long about when are we going to get meaningful well, games in March, and now they're here. Well, I don't think I've done any of that. I think you need to thank uh, Taze Thompson and Rasmus Dalene and Alex Duck, but I'll pass that along for, for certain. If you don't mind. And by the way, thank Jeff Skinner for Between Two Stalls or whatever that feature he did with Alex. So that good. was hilarious. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, I, I I did, and honestly, I, I haven't laughed that hard in in quite some time. And, and I don't want to tell you how long, because it's probably sad, but, but yeah, I haven't laughed that hard. Uh, priceless is the way to describe it. I was a little worried I might lose my job because he asked some really good questions. I, I liked his delivery and his <laughs> the way he came up with his questions. They were, you know, obviously very good. So. Yeah, and entertaining, definitely. So, All right, let, let's get you know, to. He's got several more episodes from what I. Oh, heard. really? They, nice. They okay, a couple more, so there's more coming. They good. should be reaching out to streaming platforms already. He's trying to sell it. <laughs> Is Netflix so, interested? Because they so should funny. be. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell the team yesterday that. Uh, he, the, the, well, there's one episode he said that Tage Thompson was my favorite player. He said it to Tage. And I corrected him yesterday and said, now somebody else is my favorite player. I told him who. So um, we, we got that cleared up. Um, right, let's start with Riley Stillman, uh, picked up by the team yesterday. Don, what can you tell us about him? Well, obviously, a player picked up that's been in the other conference. We don't know. I don't know personally a lot about him, but I but I like his attributes, um, being his age, uh, where he's at in his career. He has some experience with other teams. 
some familiar teams uh, for me. Um, and lots of energy. He has a physicality. He just he will give us some more depth uh, and experience and grit on the back end. Um, so he he fits very well uh, with his attributes and projection. I think he he's there's a lot more to him than uh, he's shown at this point. There's a lot of potential, and that's good. When Darlene gets back, when he plays again, you would have two extra defensemen. Can you do that, keep that, or is someone going to be an odd man out? How might that all shake out? Sorry, sorry, I hit the wrong button. Oh. I hit a mute button on you, Howard. You know sorry what? This that. this shows a lot better when people hit the mute button on me, so that's it's completely <laughs> understandable. You guys are muting me when I call in, so I don't feel too bad. But but no, it you know what? After the trade deadline of Friday, uh, there is no the roster is twenty three during the during the season until the trade deadline. You just have to be cap compliant. Oh, okay. That. You can have more more than twenty three. Gotcha. Uh, which is what will be the case for us. We will be able to carry more than twenty three. Obviously, you play six in the game, and you know we'll sort that out. I think, in fairness to Riley, first of all, there's some immigration when you bring a player from Canada. They can't they can't just play the, that day. They, there's an immigration process uh, through work visas, uh, and that can take you know a day or two or you know sometimes players miss games because of it um and you know after that we want to make sure we integrate him at the pace he can absorb what we need him to absorb obviously mid-season teams are in a rhythm uh defensive partners are in a rhythm and in sync so uh that is a challenge any guy you bring in that's new um you don't want to disrupt uh players as a pair, as a defensive pair being in sync. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm sure he'll be in there soon. Uh, immigration will be the first obstacle, though. Don, how do you imagine this deadline will be different for you? The The team's in a different place in the standings than, than it's been at least last year for sure. And, you know, nobody is talking about, at least here, about, like, veterans being moved and whatnot. It's about the playoff race and whether or not – the team will add and that doesn't mean that everyone on the team will stay but I don't know is there is there more comfort in being in this place in the standings and kind of more security in the team not being picked apart I think there's more the the comfort for us lies in the progression for us so a year ago I can remember looking at the board uh and, and thinking, well, Quinn and Paterka are coming in the lineup. Power is coming in the lineup in, in our future. Um, Krebs is going to be older. Cousins is going to be older, uh, more mature. So I was excited a year ago about our progression and our capacity for growth. We still have an enormous capacity for growth. We're still the youngest team in the NHL. Um, so so there, that feels exactly the same. A year ago at the trade deadline, Kevin uh, Adams made a – you know, not made a statement, but disclosed, you know, his, his approach to last year's deadline. And it was the team was building, so we weren't going to move veterans just for draft picks, just to move veterans for draft picks. There was good chemistry on the team, and he wanted to see, as, as, as I did, what the stretch run would be for our team, feeling it would be good uh, based on the sample that we had to that point, and it was. Uh, so, you know, we were – just moved along that way this year. Now, you know, we know that we're getting better every day. We know that the pressure and the demand that's going to go on us is, is greater because we're in a playoff race. It's greater than if we weren't in a playoff race. So 
that pressure and demand is going to push all our young players to develop more and faster. So we're one team that can be better week by week and we can be better in one month. I can't, you don't, that's not really the case for lots of NHL teams. So, you know, we still feel our, our, our basically instead of trading and not to say we won't trade because we're Kevin's obviously looking at that every day, but we, we offset what other teams don't have. Our players are going to get better by virtue of giving them the ice time and giving them the situation time. Uh, and that's how we've been able to develop Dalene and Thompson and cousins and Krebs. So, uh, we still have, you know, those, those guys' ceilings are still much higher. So um, it's exciting, uh, but I don't think it's much different. If that's the short to the long answer. Now, when it, when it comes to actual trade conversations, what is the relationship like with you and Kevin Adams? How much does he ask for your input and or keep you in the loop and everything that's going on? Well, obviously with, with the general managers and their 32 around the league, uh, those guys have to stay on top of the market and how current things are. So Kevin is busy all day long making sure he has a, a feel for what's going on around the league, what the market price is for, for any move or potential move. Uh, and and when, you know, when it comes down to what might be available for us, uh, that's this conversation that, that, you know, I would be in. Uh, based on our, you know, how, what do we, how do we want to shape our team? What do we want to do? Um, and Kevin's with us every day. So in the morning he comes, he sits with the coaches. We talk, uh, you know, he'll, he'll go into his office, obviously have to have those conversations, uh, oversee Rochester uh, and communicate there. And then we'll, we'll circle back throughout the day. Uh, and if there's any updates and things that he, he feels we should talk about, we would talk about at that point. Um, so that's when I would, you know, be in, be in the loop on things. I don't want to be in the loop on a lot, uh, just what's, what's essential. And the, the perfect example is the Jack, when we traded Jack Eichel, I, I didn't want to be involved in any of that, uh, nor should I have been involved in any of that until it came down, okay, what do you think of these players or this option or this option? And, and you give your, um, you know, feel on it, your angle on it, and uh, Kevin makes a decision. To the team on the ice, Don, Tuck's injury out a couple weeks or week to week, however it was officially phrased. You put Jack Quinn on the line with Thompson and Skinner, and one game in, right? So far, so good. So I guess, what did you like about Quinn that you thought that would be a good combination to have him uh, replace Tuck on that line? Uh, one one really key attribute is hockey sense. Um, when you play with a player as intelligent as Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson, who who needs the puck at the right time, uh, and it'll be in the back of the net if that's the case. You you need somebody that has a feel for time and space and hockey sense, uh, and Jack has that. And um, you know, in fairness to Jack, uh, he's still a young guy. Uh, there's still high demand with the opposition and size, strength, speed. Um, so you, you know, um, sustainability through you know, maybe nagging injuries, anything that can occur. Uh, this is a good opportunity. I knew he was fresh, feeling good about his game, uh, to put him in that spot uh, the other day. And, and that will stay the same tonight uh, because of the other day. So, But I also feel we have other guys that can, that can slide in there. And we'll just keep it day by day. It's a lot of pressure uh, to be in that spot because you got a guy that 
you know, as prolific scoring right now as, as Thompson and, and playing uh, at the level that Skinner is, uh, sometimes are those yeah, those are real challenging spots because of that, but Jack's handled it very well. We're with Don Granado here on the Western Hotline. Sabres play Columbus tonight at home, 7.30 face-off, so keep that in mind. And if you're looking for it on the TV side, ESPN Plus and Hulu tonight. Uh, since since Joe brought up the top line, I wanted to ask you about Jeff Skinner, and we know he's a goal scorer, but we were talking about his numbers. He's he's on pace to just obliterate his career high, and it's his assists that really stand out. You know, he's got 34 assists. That is already a career high. And I just wanted to ask you about his overall game. I mean, did you he's made some fantastic passes to set up goals by the top line this season. Was that Always there? Like, we always thought of him as, like, a goal scorer, but it seems like he's showing an overall part to his game this season on that line. Yeah, that was a lot of if – you, if you could recount my comments when we shifted him to center, when, uh, you, you'll hear me say a lot of his ability to make plays lateral, left and right, east and west. Um, and that's why I wanted to get him off the wall. I, I, I did have the hindsight of seeing that at the national team program – um, I talked with the coaches the other day. There's a couple of goals. Every summer I'm on the computer going through stuff. Um, and last summer I went through some of his highlights at the national team program as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, excuse me. And uh, he set up Austin Matthews for a couple goals that were just unreal. And they were tappets. And it was just uh, the same thing we're seeing now. Uh, when he's setting up others. So that was a big reason why I wanted to get him to center was uh, because of his creative side and ability to draw people away from pass options. I was asking about Skinner. I think you might have thought I meant Thompson. I want to ask you about... I apologize. No, 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 that's fine. I've just i, 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 I've just been, been super impressed for him because of his vision and some of the ways he'll set up Thompson, of course, or Tuck. It just seems like he's really got a good knack for, for putting passes in the right spot to f- help guys finish off plays. Well, he does. He's in, and I, I guess I should apologize to Jeff Skinner on that one, huh? but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll get me back in one of his episodes. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, Skinner is, is highly creative. Much of what I just said about Tage. I mean, that's, Skinner is evasive and slippery, and he can extend time of possession by his skills, by his mm-hmm. agility and mobility and creativity. You see him slither through tight spaces, and he does that knowing that if I can buy this extra one second, there's going to be somebody open. Uh, you know, lots of coaches would say, you know, put that puck in deep. Uh, don't risk turning that puck over. Get it to a safe place up behind the defenseman. But you know, with me and watching him and practice, watching him daily, um, you know, I, I don't mind him doing that one bit because he, he really does know what he's doing. He's he's literally buying in a second or two because he knows there's going to be a scoring chance available uh, in, in that time or after that duration. Uh, and he has all the skill to match the sense. And when it does click and hit, uh, I think we're all entertained. I'll put myself in that category as well. On, on Skinner, quickly also, he Don, he's played the most games in NHL history without <laughs> appearing in a playoff game. And not to say that other teammates don't desperately want to get in the playoffs as well, but is, does, he, does he make that, I don't want to say make that known, but can you kind of even tell like this is a guy that's been in the league and he's been through it and he just, like, I'd imagine he's desperate to want to get in. 
Yeah, I, I think there's no question he, he wants to get in competitively. Um, and he's hungry for it. I wouldn't say desperate, but extremely hungry. Uh, he's, I think he's elevated his game. I see that uh, day by day. Uh, you see it in practice. You see it in preparation. He's, he definitely knows that, uh, you know, the moment is closer and wants to make that, that, that be this year uh, by the way he's, he's proceeding. How about in goal? Um, I, I saw a comment you made about Craig Anderson and workload the other day. It, uh, that might be a tricky one. I wonder what you would think about Anderson has been consistent throughout the year, and that game he plays on Flor- against Florida is incredible on Friday. I guess how are you balancing right now maybe wanting to play him a little bit more, but with his age, I guess the question might just be how able do you feel like he is to have his workload increase? I couldn't describe it any better than how you described it. And you started that that question by saying tricky. It's tricky. Uh, it's it's unpredictable. Injuries are unpredictable. Fatigue related to, you know, compounding the potential for injuries, uh, hard to predict. You, you, you can base it on your experience. Uh, but I will say this. The silver lining in this is he had an, he had an incredible performance in Florida uh, the other day. Um the other two goaltenders who are very capable goaltenders are sitting there witnessing, watching, and soaking that in. And, and UPL, if there's one thing we've all watched in the last year, is, is one factor that we could look at is UPL has been able to soak in others' performance and experience. So he's watching Craig Anderson in each day, habits and, and performance, and he's now his personal standard raises, and he sees the way to do it or a way to do it. And so he watches that performance. And I think personally, I think being around UPL, he, he looks at says, Oh, I'll do that too. I could do that. And he gets excited about his next outing. So it's, that's the value of bringing Craig Anderson back. And that's the value of having Craig Anderson perform as he did. And I said to the media, to the group of media yesterday, you know, it's, it's much less of all of these three goaltenders are capable and capable of winning. It's much less of who is going to play we need whoever plays to be at their best because when they're at their best, we can win a game with them. And we have no doubt in that. We've seen that. Uh, and so I don't know that it will change much uh, in the event if we don't want to risk injury yet or at this point with, with Craig. Um, so we'll keep measuring it that way. 7.30 puck drop against the Blue Jackets tonight. Don, is there any update on Rasmus Dahlin and whether or not he might play? Well, we, the update, uh, which, is, which is good, so this gives you a picture. We'll, we won't have an update until he comes in and potentially gets on the ice. So he could be good enough to jump on the ice today. None of, nobody skated yesterday. So, um, and if he is and that goes well, he, he could go into tonight. So he is really day-to-day uh, with what he has. But, you know, with, with the type of uh, ailment he's dealing with, we've, we've got to – you know, we don't have information until he comes back in in the, the morning the next day. So uh, we're hopeful, uh, but we do feel it's not uh, long-term. Um, so we'll see. Final thing for me, Don, I did want to ask you about Owen Power before he let you go because you had mentioned the other day when, when the Darlene story came out about, you know, being mindful of ice time for a kid like Power. So you go out, you play Washington, and he logs 27 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time. And he's playing the Ovechkin line. You got him up on the number one power play. And I, I and 
His offensive game doesn't suffer. He's still a presence in the offensive zone. He ends up getting like five shots on goal. Is I was going to say, I hope you haven't run out of things to say about Owen Power because then you wouldn't be able to answer this question. Is there anything else left you haven't said about Power that you could say? Well, you know what, Howard? You you have a lot of leverage in the sports world. I, I think you should be campaigning for this guy to be called a trophy winner. Yes. Year. And, and, and your listeners should too because <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, it's – if there was a draft right now for all the rookies in the league, I don't know how he's not drafted number one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how a general manager would not pick him number one. Uh, he is – all the things you mentioned are actually amazing that a player coming in as, as a rookie can be put in those situations. And we all as fans and media and coaches have confidence that he'll he'll just get the job done. He'll do it. Um, and – Credit to him because he, he worked. He's highly intuitive, highly intelligent player, and obviously has the athleticism and size and strength that, uh, that are at advantage as well. But, um, yeah, he, he, is, uh, he is a special talent, a special person, um, and uh, we're, we're certainly happy we have him because he did step up. I mentioned, too, you know, he, he really can only play three, four minutes more than he's been playing. So, you know, for him, everybody says, well, he's got to step up in the absence of Darlene. He, he truly does, but uh, really everybody else does. There's not much more he could do that he's he's not been doing already. I might spread myself a little thin here, Don. I'm working on power for the Calder, Darlene for the Norris, hey, Thompson for the Hart, and you for the Jack Adams. You're going to have some time on your hands. You could be the campaign manager I got, for all these I awards. I got four yeah. campaigns i got to work on. All right. I got advice for you. Just drop one of them. You don't have to waste your time on mine. Go after those other three because they, they definitely uh, should be in the talk for that. There's no question. So. Well, thank you again for your time, Don. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, continued success. Good luck tonight against Columbus, of course. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Appreciate thank you. it. You too, Don. Don Granado and his segment on our Western Hotline brought to you by, by the way, if they make the playoffs – He's going to be a finalist for the Jack Adams Trophy, right? Yes. I mean, ending the longest active playoff drought in the National Hockey League? I think he will. He could win it. I really do think he could win it. But they have to make the playoffs. He, Even if they made the playoffs? If they miss the playoffs, I don't. Is he still a finalist? I'm looking right now. Who's the favorite? The favorite for the Jack Adams right now. Do you want to guess who the favorite I mean, is? Lindy's got a good shot. I mean, they've had a good season in Jersey. Lindy is second at plus 550. And that is kind of crazy. You're right, because Lindy hasn't only turned the Devils from one of the worst teams in hockey to Stanley Cup contender, which the Devils are right now. Mm -hmm. But the guy in number one, it's not not Lindy. Hang on, I'm trying to look at get the standings in my head. By the way, Don Granado, I, the odds I'm looking at only list six names, and he's not on here. But I guarantee you, if the Sabers make the playoffs, and as they get closer to making the playoffs, you're going to see some odds pop up. Seattle, Seattle is a good guess. Dave Hackstall is third at plus twelve hundred. I wouldn't think too hard on this one. Oh, um, Boston, Jim Montgomery, Jim Montgomery. Yeah, he is the big favorite at minus three twenty five, and I guess that is just because. <sighs> They're on pace to set the NHL record in both wins and points. And they are 46-8-5, I suppose, if you're impressed by that. He's a first-time, first year there, I guess, too. Sabres could have four finalists for awards this year. When's the last time that happened? Yeah. 
And Dom was playing? So we should be rooting against the Bruins so that the, the, the Jack Adams becomes Lindy versus Granado. That'd be pretty funny. That's what we want. Don's segment brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments your life, go forth to Firth. By Losey and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. And by Town Auto Group. For an electrifying performance, check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. When we get back, rules discussions. Yes, the NFL Competition Committee is meeting. There's been a proposal about roughing the passer, which is a terrible idea. Mm. And Joe, you said you had something you said, what, a thousand percent sure? One thousand percent sure that the NFL will take from the XFL. They're gonna take this one thing, no doubt. We'll do that in a moment on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Scan, take down Detroit. Tom Brady on third down. Scans the field and gets sacked. Brady Jarrett brings him down. But then a flag flies. A flag comes out at the end of the play. Oh, my goodness. This is going to go on Atlanta, breaking Falcons' hearts. Yeah, I, I don't think Brady slammed Tom to the ground. I, I think he's coming around, and he's got him by the hips, and he's rolling through the tackle. I'm with you, Coach. So that was one of the really... Bad roughing the passer calls in a game that, if I recall, was important for Atlanta. They still had a shot to to win that division, and they end up losing that game. And I think that call was critical Horrible. in keeping them from maybe coming back and winning that football game or costing them the game. And that is the same day that Chris Jones on Sunday Night Football lands on Derek Carr mm. while taking the football away from him. Like he lands on Carr with the football, and they call them for roughing the passer. And Chris Jones went off in postgame about it and said that we need replay review. Roughing the passer, uh, competition committee is meeting in Indianapolis. They go over, teams submit ideas for rules changes. The competition committee will talk about it. Eventually, things will be submitted to the owners for a final vote. The Rams have made a proposal to make roughing the passer penalties subject to review. Oh, dear God, no. That's, that's going to be a terrible I, I will tell you largely... Look, we're, yeah, sure, we get upset when you breathe on the quarterback and it's a 15-yard penalty. It can be a very critical call. I get that. We're angry, landing on him the wrong way, all this stuff. Right. I am angry, too. I'm not sure, Joe, maybe this is too much hyperbole. I'm not sure there's anything I would say, add this to the reviews. I mean, pass interference review was a horrendous idea. It was a knee-jerk reaction. It was terrible. I'm not sure I'm for anything that stops the game more often. And roughing the passer again 
is a call where the league has gone to officials and said, guys, yeah. err on the side of throwing the flag. Like, if it's even close, throw the flag. They are that hell-bent on protecting quarterbacks, understandably so. This is not subjective enough that you'd say they'll pick up flags. No, they have been told to lean towards throwing the roughing the passer flag. So no way this passes. I usually am team expand replay, but not on this. In fact, I would say I am against any replay on any subjective call. Well, that rules out pass interference or any that kind rules of out pass interference. The it defensive rules out holding, holdings, yep. and that includes roughing the passer. If it's subjective, I don't want it to go to replay. If it's finite and I and I know what the rule is and it's like a, a measurement or what, I'm good. I'm always good with that. But not on not on roughing the, the passer. The old false start reviews. Yeah, no, no. no I'm just, just kidding. We're not going there. I, no chance. I, it's it's the rule that's the problem, right? Yeah. Not the review. It, well, it, it's, it's the rule and it's how the league or what the league has given in terms of instructions to its officials how to call that rule. Well, also, the, well, they've made it in doing that. They've made it too hard well, they for make, officials to call. They keep what the league does is they keep what's a catch – they keep adding layers to their rules. Yep. So now the official has to look and see, okay, where's the point of contact on the quarterback? Now it's how does the guy sacking the quarterback land on the quarterback? Yep. Did he move? Did he go full weight on the guy? Did he try and move off to the side of the quarterback as he was bringing him down? And they're doing all this yep. stuff in live action, in, in a split second. And it's just the more they add layers to calls for the officials, harder it makes for the officials to get these calls correct. So you don't think this is going to pass? No. I don't want it to pass. I don't want it, and I don't think I'm not it'll sure. pass. I'm not sure. I think it again, probably it be, won't. Because the rule is, again, A, it, as you said, Joe, subjective. It is so hard yeah. to put a subjective rule into the replay system because subjective makes it challenging. To, two, the league wants the penalties. The league tells yeah. the officials on no other penalty do they say Error on the side of throwing your flag. I don't think they do this on anything else. They'll let guys hand fight to avoid pass interference. They'll let a lot of stuff go. Guys jump out of the tackle spot a little bit early. They don't always call false starts. This is the only penalty I think where they go, it's even close. Throw it. Throw the flag. There's no way that passes. I have a very creative rule idea that I think would fix all of this. But they'll never. I, I've well, never seen it mentioned. Fifteen from the nope, XFL. Nope. Because I don't think that this pass. fixes roughing the passer, and I've never seen it mentioned anywhere. So it's my own creation that I again I don't think will ever happen. Grab, but a, fl- grab a flag on the side of the belt. My <laughs> my my idea is allow the defenders to hit the quarterback the same way you would any other player. So quarterback, you get no more. Extra protection. Yeah. You are the same as a receiver. You're the same as a running back. So you hit him low. You hit him high. You, can you hit, hit him anywhere. Just can't hit him in the head. Right. Otherwise, you can hit him anywhere. You can hit him below the knees. Then. But I'm going to make intentional grounding legal. I'm going to make intentional grounding hmm. legal because now what I'm doing is I am making it easier for the officials to call roughing the passer. I'm going to make it easier for defenders. To hit the quarterback. They don't have to think about, oh, do I have to land this way on him? Or I got to roll before I hit him on the ground? Or, okay, I can't hit him this low. I got to hit him right in this two and a half foot section of his torso. And 
I'm going to decrease the amount of quarterback hits, which is what the league is trying to do with this in the first place. The quarterback's going to have an easy out every time that he can just throw the ball away to an open space. So my quarterbacks are going to be getting hit, which means injury risk is going to go down too. Okay, my question to you, the one thing I, I just thought of really quick off the top of my head, is how quickly the guy gets the ball out. How quickly does he see this guy's coming, i got to get it out? Because my thought was you get, you get rid of um, grounding. So, Joe, you're coming at me. Yep. He's coming at me. I'm just going to throw the ball away. All right. No grounding. Fine. Yep. But you're still, you're not stopping in your tracks as a rusher. Now you've made it legal to hit a quarterback below the knees. He gets the ball out. It's not grounding. And I'm still going through because I can't stop my motion. And I hit you below the knees and I injure you. It could. How late are we talking? Because it could still be a late hit. Right. How quickly does, is the guy getting the ball out? Because I think there will still be. Yeah. There will still be plays where the quarterback throws the ball away and is hit. And if sure, you're opening sure. up the entire body outside of the head, you're going to get edge rushers going for That's true. knees and below knees. That's true, and there might be a way to, to to go back in time and look at, okay, when quarterbacks were getting hurt before they increased the, 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 the roughing the, the passer yeah. sensitivity, right. what, where were guys getting hurt on the knee injuries? Were they getting hit, hit in the head? Like, what was it? Was it late hits? But it's funny, in our discussion about layers, yeah. this is one of the layers, right? When when they moved it to you can't hit him below the knee. Yep. Now officials had to interpret it. Was the guy blocked into the quarterback? Right. Did he go in on his own? Was he you know, how how did he hit yeah. the quarterback we, below the knee? And there are there are degrees to this. I don't need it so that it's you can't hit the guy below the legs at all. Um you know, like but but either way, in the the the, the philosophy of the idea, even if you know, the, the specifics are a little off is you allow intentional grounding to decrease the amount of times the quarterback's getting hit, which I do think would happen. It would decrease. Yeah. And however much you want to increase the amount that defenders are allowed to hit quarterbacks, hmm. increase it by however much amount we feel is right. But I think that is the way to do it in that it's easier for the officials. But again, I've never seen it mentioned anywhere. And by the way, why is intentional grounding a penalty in the first place? Uh, I mean, you're, because it's the offensive version of cheating of of it's not fair for the defense for you to just chuck the ball I, away. I mean, you're getting you're it, penalizing the defense, but you are getting an incomplete pass. You still yeah, won the play. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I feel if I would have, I feel like the NFL has overcompensated over the years and is unfair to defenses. Generally speaking, yeah, you got to throw them some kind of bone. I mean. But this, Five yard to penalties me, or first downs. But to me, I'm thinking this is throwing them a bone in that your edge rushers now have to think about less than half the stuff that they have to think about right now about yeah, when yeah, they get just, to the quarterback. It's just impacting the guy, not sacking the guy. Because in theory, you're going to rush more. Right. You're going to create more incomplete throws in your plan. All right, but again, that still is a win for the defense. Yeah. Right. But but I mean, a ten yard penalty and loss of down is a bigger win for the defense. I mean, it's a huge win. I mean, loss of down is significant. And by the way, we've already decided intentional grounding is okay. We just want you to be standing six feet to the right instead of doing it right from the pocket. Hey, speaking of layers again, if you get rid of the intentional grounding rule, we now don't have the debate of, was that grounding? Was well, he in the pocket? Was he out of the pocket? Was there a guy nearby? Let's huddle up and decide whether that they don't throw the flag, they meet as a group, then they say, hey, that was grounding. Or they pick up the flag. That's one of the many things over the years that have become subjective or layered right. because of all the stuff they've got on their rule book. Well, and to me, another thing that it would do is it would 
it would make quarterbacks like Allen even more valuable because the way I would see it is guys like Kirk Cousins, they get this rule. They, they, can, they can throw the ball well, whenever be, they want to complete. You'd be helping the, quote, pocket guys because, right? They, you they, would. They can just get rid of the ball anytime. They're not scrambling. They're not creating play or extending plays. They're just like, up. Oh, right. You sure. would throw it, but now they're never going to try to extend plays. They're never going to try to hold into the pocket and create plays down the field. So yeah. to me, while yeah, I'm giving mm. them that out, aren't they going to get big plays even less than they do now? Whereas a guy like Allen, so he's more valuable then. A guy, yeah, because he's going to be one of the few quarterbacks that I don't have to throw an intentional right. he can move. ground here. I don't have to get the incomplete pass. I'm going to get out mm. of the pocket. Yeah. I'm going to be able to hold the ball, and I'm going to create big plays. The big plays I would think get more valuable. As well in this uh, this rule this rule proposal that nobody has proposed other than me. Does the league want a rule that would create more non-completed passes and maybe hurt offense in the long run? Drive um, maybe drives aren't going right. as long as they are because do they, do they want it's too easy to throw the ball away and take an incompletion? That's a good question. What does the league want? Do the they want points. sacks? But they want safe sacks. Yes, safe sacks. That's funny. Uh, the they'd rather wants... have safe sacks than incompletion. Yes, I think. They want. It's hard to I don't think they would want drives ending earlier than normal, or less yeah. less drives that lead to points down the road. They by, want scoring. By the way, this is not the thing from the XFL that I think the NFL is oh. going to adopt. Go ahead. The thing I think they're going to adopt from the XFL, I'm, I guarantee this will happen: the kickoff rule. Oh, they stand at hmm. the what is it? The opposing 35 yard line. Yeah, the nobody, kicking yeah. team. The right. kicker is by himself before midfield, and the rest of the kicking team lines up like five or ten yards away from the return team at like the 35-yard line. Hmm. So there is no there's no 30, 40-yard running start right. before you blast into the other team. It's, it's more like an offensive line, defensive line thing where you've only got five or ten yards to build up your speed, which means lesser speed, yep. lesser collision violence, less injuries. I know we got to get to break. Interesting because didn't the league come out with the concussion studies and they showed yes. that special teams are still having – an issue in terms of concussions and injuries on special teams. I don't know if it was kickoffs, Joe. Maybe it was more punting, punt coverage. But yeah. there's still something on special teams with injuries and concussions that they want to try and make that portion of the game a little safer. So maybe you're right about that. Maybe that is the XFL rule to use. They should go with the 4th and 15 alternate to the onside kick. It's fun. 803-0550 to join us. Uh, if you're on hold, hang on. We'll get to some of your calls when we get back. Reminder, Labatt Blue Light and WGR giving you a chance to win the ultimate Sabres experience through March 19th. Go to the contest page at WGR550.com. Enter for your chance to win VIP tickets for you and three guests when the Sabres play Carolina on April 8th. This will include access to the TV broadcast booth, a rope line visit, and a Sabres signed mini helmet. No purchase necessary. Always enjoy responsibly. Must be 21 or older to enter. Hey, super late, so I guess it's not Jeremy's fault. Uh, let's get a quick call in here, and we'll uh, get connected with our uh, fans and go to Troy here on WGR. Go ahead, Troy. Well, I was listening to you guys, and um, I, I hear what you're saying in reference to to the um, intentional grounding rule. But at some point, at some point, you have to think to yourself: This is a physical game. This isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. This is football. And I played for six years, and I was one of the smallest kids on my team as a starting running back. You know, of course, I got banged around. But you know, watching a pro sport. As a fan, there's two sides to look at it. You're going to look at it from the political side as, as you know, um, you know, uh, 
for, for, for making money for, for the league in terms of, you know, getting an audience, but fans are watching this too to see the physical side. So when you take away the intentional grounding, the way I look at that is that's a rule that's, that's established to make sure that the quarterback has a plan. And if he doesn't have a plan, he's going to be penalized for it. And if he's just going to throw the ball on the ground, that's like a cop-out. I, I want to see the linemen, especially defensemen, you know, a defensive end who, who that's his job. He's, he's a pass rusher, and, and he's coming in to hit the quarterback. And if, if the quarterback sees him coming at him and he's just going to drop the ball to the ground and just lose one play, you know, I guess the defenseman did his job and he should be paid for that, you know, accordingly. But the reality is that's not what the fans want to see. The fans want to see these guys play football. They want to see action. They want to see physicality. And if you take that away from the game and, and the more rules, you know, going with that, even the clipping of the knees, you know, you're saying hit below the knees. That, that I don't agree with because you got a 350-pound lineman. You clip him before, below the knees, you can, you can ruin his career. You know, I get it with maybe a, a wide receiver or running back, and that, that's still allowed today. But you can't do that against uh, a big guy because you'll, you'll take away his career. But avoiding hitting the quarterback so he can drop the ball because he's, he's a big lineman coming at him, to me that, that decreases the value of the game and how I see it for what I watch. And I'm a diehard fan. I went to all four of those Bills Super Bowls. And, and I, I love the physicality. I don't want to see Josh Allen get hurt. I don't want to see any quarterback get hurt. But if they are on point and they're doing their homework prior to the game and they're paying attention to the line they're coming and they're, they're, they're intuitive and they're, and they're there, they're going to avoid that hit by throwing a pass close to the receiver. And if they miss that guy, you know, it should be a penalty. I, I just don't think that should be well, taken see, away. I, I, I hear you on a lot of this, too. And maybe the below-the-knees thing is, is that, that that cannot exist, even in, in te- my I, fairy world where you're, you know, the, the intentional grounding is allowed. But to me, this is already happening, right? Like, the quarterback goes in without a plan. When, when they are throwing it at the running back's feet on a failed screen or at a receiver, like they already are deciding, I'm going to take the cop out here. Or if they scramble five yards to the right, they do the same thing. And to me, like I get it. I want the physicality too. It's not happening. It's going to slowly go away over time. The league is heading to a place where they are going to try to eliminate as much violence as possible. Hell, this week... Byron Jones, a 30-year-old man, said, I cannot run and jump anymore. That person is going to be dealing with pain management the rest of his life. And the league is never going to fix that entirely. But whether you like it or not, as time goes on, more and more, they're going to take physicality out of the sport to try to decrease stories like Byron Jones, a Mm -hmm. 30-year-old man who... I mean, is he going to be able to run around with his kids in 20 years? Maybe he can't now. And I don't I I don't think the league is going to give the fans what they want on this. They're not. They're going to make it less and less violent. We'll take care of a little business. Be right back 8030550 to join us WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of
four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.